Just joking. <laughs> Hi again. You guys are awesome. Good morning. All right. So uh, turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1 is near the end of the Bible there. And uh, we have been, for the next, uh, I mean, for the last number of weeks, we've been learning how to overcome. The Lord's been teaching us how to get victory over various strongholds and lies, deceptions, fear, anxiety, lust, various addictions and, and, and anger and other types of things that the Lord has been giving us specific strategies and specific truths to uh, set us free. So praise God for that, huh? I mean, I'm telling you, I've talked to a lot of people and I know the Lord has been speaking to many of you and there's been a lot of breakthrough and uh, it's just the beginning. So uh, yeah, turn with me to Second Peter chapter 1. I want to talk with you this morning about... God's power for you to overcome, and it's in His promises, right? And so kind of wrapping up this series, because we could really go on and on uh, this kind of series for a while, couldn't we, right? Just tackle every stronghold, but really uh, kind of wrap this up today, and I want to I I show you something in the Word I think is going to really challenge you and uh, empower you. So... Before we do that, Sam, let's, uh, let's all open our hearts and do that Bible declaration, if we can pull that up. And um, before we do that, does anyone know Dan and Shannon Chance? Oh, you guys do know. Shannon Chance is right here. Just say hi. And baby Selah Chance, huh? So uh, Dan Chance and Shannon Chance, they were pastors at our church for a long time and partnered with them in ministry, great friends. And then they abandoned us. Oh, I mean, I mean they, they, we sent them out. No, I'm joking. So uh, then we sent them out to, uh, they're in Quarter Lane, and they're, pa- they're senior pastors up there. And Dan is with his son, Micah, up north, and he couldn't make it. But Shannon came down to bless us with her presence. So if you, if, just in case, if you do know them, go ahead and say hi to them. All right, take your Bibles or open your Bible apps or whatever, right? Or steal someone else's Bible or put your finger on theirs or something. I don't know. All right. Let's all say this together with faith. This is my Bible. It is God speaking to me. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. So I open my heart today to hear God speak a word that will change my life forever. Amen. Father, I thank you that your people are salt and light to this world. Lord, I thank you that we are your children, that you love us, and that we... Uh, We are heirs of everything that your son purchased. And I pray, Father, today as I preach your word, you'd speak through me and reveal to your people who they are in you and all that they have in you. And so, Lord, just like we declared, we open our hearts to that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so 2 Peter chapter 1, I want to talk to you about God's power and his promises. And we're going to start off in verse 2 of 2 Peter chapter 1. He says this, it's, the, it's basically the greeting, it's the blessing of the letter. He hasn't even gotten full swing into the letter yet, but he's just blessing, right? But he speaks this powerful truth uh, about our salvation right here in this blessing. So right here, Peter says to the church, he says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus, as his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers 
of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. That's a really wordy sentence. Yeah? Like, my goodness, grammatically, how did he do that? In the New King James, it's a little bit harder to, to follow along at times. But let's just break this down. Look, look at that. Just look at what he says. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of, of God and of Lord Jesus, Jesus, or, or Jesus our Lord. He, he's speaking a blessing. May you continue to increase in the grace and the peace. And where is that grace and peace found? It's found in knowing Him. You see that? In the knowledge, the intimate knowledge is referring to a relational or intimate knowledge, not informational knowledge. If you, if you speak Spanish, you know the difference between aprender and conocer, right? Conocer, you know someone. Aprender, you know information. This is about knowing someone. Knowing them personally, intimately. And that's what's going on here. He's saying, he's saying may, may you increase and abound in this grace and peace, in this knowledge that you have, this relationship that you have with God through Jesus Christ. And he says that it's, that it's in that knowledge, or I'm sorry, we should rather say in that relationship, that we've been given all things that pertain to life and godliness. Just like Clint spoke over us earlier when we took communion, that everything we need is in Christ. And we have access to everything we need because of our relationship with Him. Amen? He's purchased it at the cross. The Creator of the universe has reconciled us to Himself through the death of His Son, Jesus. And now that we're connected to God through Jesus, we are connected to the lifeline. We're connected to the pipeline. Jesus said, if you abide in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing, right? When we're disconnected from God, we're disconnected from all of his life, all of his power, all of his righteousness. That's what sin did to us. But now that we've put our trust in the Lord, now that we know him, now we're reconnected. We're abiding, right? We're abiding. We're connected. And so now we have everything we need. You notice that's what he says, doesn't it? Isn't, it that, isn't that what he says? That his divine power has given us how many things? All things, right? That pertain what? To life and godliness. That's a, pretty, that's a blank check right there. Everything we need to live the life that God has called us to live and live it in his way, a godly way, he has given us everything we need. His power. Enabling us. And then he says, uh, so he says that these things, all these things that we, we need, all, the, the, all, that, all these things for life and godliness, are through the knowledge of him, which I just talked about, through the knowledge of him, through knowing him, who called us by his glory and virtue, by which have been given to us, so another thing has been given to us, Right? Man, I thought I already had everything, you know, right? I just said, I got everything because I know him. But he's saying, no, it's, it's this one who's called you. And not only has he called you, but he's given you something else. That when he called you and you came into relation with him, and he's made sure that you have access to all the things that you need, he says, by which, verse 4, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. Right, not wimpy, 
little promises, right? <laughs> but exceedingly great and precious promises, meaning just invaluable, amazing, and powerful and wonderful promises of God. He says that he's given us these promises. See, when you came to, into relationship with Jesus, you reconnected to God, you were now reconnected to all of his power. It says right there in verse 3, his divine power has given us all things, and you are reconnected to his promises. God has made promises to us, and it's those promises, listen, this is the, this is the crazy thing. This is what we've been learning, really, for, for a couple months now. But this verse has just been running through my head all month, all these last two months. But he says that these promises that you've now been given because of your relationship with Jesus, Notice this in the, end, uh, the second part of verse 4. By which he has given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these, through these, through what? Through the promises, right? That through these promises, you could say, th- through these promises, you may be partakers of the divine nature. That doesn't mean you're going to be God. It means that all that God needs to give you so that you could become like Jesus, He has given you that ability in Him, and He has given you the promises. But this is the crazy thing, is that literally, it's those promises that release His power for you to become like Christ. Everything you need, everything you need to become the man or the woman that God has called you to be, is available to you in Christ, but specifically it says that He's given us these promises. His promises. It means that God, wanting to do these things in your life, He's created you so you'd walk in freedom, that you'd reflect His image, that you would be a blessing to the world, that we would be salt and light on the earth, and He's made promises, promise after promise after promise in His Word, And it's those promises that release His character in your life. It's those promises that have the power to set you free and to bring you into all the fullness of God. I love it one time, one of my favorite verses, Paul says to the uh, Ephesian pastors in Acts chapter 20, he says, I commend you to God and to the word of His grace, which is able to build you up and bring you into your inheritance among all the saints. He says, I'm telling you, give yourself to God and give yourself to the word of His grace. What is that? He's talking about His promises. He's talking about the word of God, the gospel, the good news, full of all these things that God says, I want to do in your life. He says, give yourself to that word of grace. Give yourself to it because that word of grace, the word of God and those promises, that grace that's revealed in the word of God has the ability to bring you in, build you up, to release all the inheritance that God has for you, to release all the promises of God for you, to release all of his power. And I love what it says, so that you can, one, partake of the divine nature, You can become like Christ. 
And so that you can escape the corruption of this world through lust. Meaning the deceitfulness and the brokenness and the corruption of this world that is, that is, uh, uh, that just uh, provokes our own lust. The TV and the media, those aren't, that isn't the problem, right? The problem is right here. But he's saying that through the promises, God will give you the power to get out of that influence, that temptation, that corruption that's in the world, that's, that's playing on your own lust, your own flesh. We've been talking about getting free. We've been talking about overcoming. And how have we been talking about overcoming? Not by our own efforts, not by beating ourselves up, but by His power, amen? As we depend on Him and live in a relationship with Him, that all we need, it's right here in His Word, all we need is to look to the Lord and to His Word, and He'll release the power that we need. And we've been talking about overcoming things, overcoming things like anger or overcoming things like fear. But really, that's just the beginning, isn't it? It's really about breaking free from those things so that we can move into our inheritance, so that we can increase in the fruit of the Spirit and become like Jesus, partaking of the divine nature. Amen? Whatever you need, the Lord wants to supply. Whatever stronghold that's in your life, God wants to break. You say, well, uh, you know, many of you, you know, we talked about fear. We talked about anger. We talked about lust. And maybe you related to some of those. Maybe you said, whew, boy, that really spoke to me. Praise God. Some of you, you told me like, while I was preaching, you were like, good thing he's preaching this to them. And then afterwards you realize that was for you too. You know, so, you know, that happens, right? But maybe you're thinking, but Pastor David, he didn't preach on the thing that I've been struggling with. Maybe he didn't touch on that. That's all right, huh? Because whatever you're struggling with, God has given you promises. And in those promises, the key that will unlock you. Amen? You don't need me to preach on it. Although, all you got to do is say, Jesus, tell Pastor David to preach on it. No. <laughs> no, he's messing around. But let's say that you did relate. Let's say you said, man, yeah, I, dude, I, yeah, I didn't think, I, I didn't know I had an issue with fear. But now I know. Thanks a lot. Thanks for making sure I, now I know I have an issue with fear or something like that, Right? Or maybe you say, that was really cool. You, you talked about anger. I definitely got some bitterness going on in my heart. I need to be free from anger. But what do I do now? What do I do? We've got to push on these things. Imagine this. Imagine, uh, you know, imagine you had a child and they needed some, some tomatoes. Tomatoes in their diet. They need some spinach in their diet. And let's just pretend we're not in a Walmart culture. No, I'm joking, or a grocery store. I mean, let's, uh, let's pretend you're like out in years ago. You know? Let's say your child, they, 
they need whatever vitamins are in that, right? The folic acid and vitamin C and all that. They need more of that in their diet, you know? So they need more tomatoes. They need more, they need more spinach or something like that in their diet. How do you get more toma- How do you get the tomatoes? You got to get tomato seeds, right? You got to get the you got to get the the seeds. Plant them in the ground. You water those seeds. They grow. Right? How are you going to get what a harvest of what you need? You got to plant the seed. Right? So if I need if I need tomatoes in my diet or my my daughter or something needs tomatoes in her diet in the fall, when do I plant tomato seeds? Now, right? That that's how things work. If you need a breakthrough in God, What do you need to do? You need to take the promise of God and you need to sow it into your heart. You need to plant the seed. And when do you need to plant the seed? Now. Actually, yesterday. Right? It's a good time. There's a proverb that says that, that that the sluggard, the lazy person, be hungry in the harvest because he refused to work in the winter. He refused to sow in season, so he's not going to reap in season, right? Galatians chapter 6 says, don't be mocked. Or, I mean, I'm sorry, he says, I'm sorry, God is not, he says, don't be deceived, sorry. He says, God is, uh, don't be deceived, God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that will he reap. If you need a harvest, you need to plant seeds. See, the kingdom of God doesn't work like a grocery store and like a Walmart and stuff like that. Like we might have become that way, which is not bad. I mean, it's all good. But the kingdom of God, you have to plant the seed. You have to water it. And you have to harvest it if you want it. So what do you need? What do you need? What are you crying out to God for? What is it that you want breakthrough in? Yeah, I want to be free from fear. Man, I really, I need to get control of my words. I just say some dumb stuff. Maybe you gossip or say some disrespectful things or maybe it's anger and you just, you blow up. Maybe you realize, man, I got some pride in my life. This pride is just hindering me. A lot of times we don't even realize we have pride, huh? That's usually the nature of pride. Or you say, "No, I, I just, I just, I'm, I'm depressed. Get discouraged, lose motivation, or maybe it's procrastination. I don't, I don't know what my problem is. I procrastinate. I don't, I don't, I don't do what I need to do. What is it that you want God to enable you to do?" Because Jesus Christ, he's more than enough. Amen? Everything you need for life and godliness, he has given to you. He has given you the power that you need. It says it right there. Did, I read it. I read Did you guys read that? 
Do you guys see it right there? Right there, the Bible says, His power has given you all that you need for life and godliness. And it's through the promises of God, the great and precious promises that He has given to you because you know Him. He says that through those you can partake of the divine nature and escape the corruption of this world. So what promises do you need to sow? It does, it's not automatic. It's not automatic. What promises do you need to sow into your heart? I want to challenge you to go after it. I want to challenge you to press into the Word of God. Maybe it's something I've already talked about here. Maybe we went through Isaiah 54 a couple weeks ago where I showed you that the Word says that God will break shame off in your heart. That sense of shame and fear. And that God is not angry with you anymore that you're in Christ. You have peace with God. And Isaiah 54. And I said, right here in Isaiah 54, right here, it will break the stronghold of fear and shame in your life. What do you need to do? You need to plant that seed. Amen? Maybe like me, you struggle with pride. Remember coming to Jesus, and I started realizing, boy, I have pride. And you know what's tough about that? I had no idea what to do about it. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. That one doesn't like to be exposed. You know what I'm saying? Pride likes to hide, make excuses, be defensive. Tough. That's a tough one, right? So, so many of my early Christian years, and I know I was prideful, but I didn't have a clue what to do about it. And even I remember Dave Metzger, he's so nice. Dave Metzger, the pastor. I think you have pride. I know! (laughs) What do I do about it? So guess what I did? In in a season of brokenness. As I'm saying, Lord, Lord, what do I do? And the Lord is exposing these things. I mean, he's, the Lord, as I grew older in the Lord, he would be very direct with me correct me on some of these things. And I had people like Dave Metzger to make sure I knew. (laughs) And Karen Metzger is a prophet. These are our senior pastors before the senior pastor. So she would prophesy over me. You know, see, that's what, prophets just coming over here telling me I'm prideful. No, I appreciate the prophets. Don't hurt the prophets. So what did I do? As I'm reading the Word of God, Matthew chapter 11, Matthew 11, Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. This is teaching, right? Take my yoke upon you. Submit to me. He says, I will teach you. He says, For my yoke is burden, my, or my yoke is easy, my burden is light. He says, Learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly. And then Philippians chapter 2 says, don't do anything out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. It says, put the needs of others before yours. And then he goes on in Philippians 2 and he says, have the same mind or the attitude that is in Christ. And he goes on and he talks about how Jesus became a man, God's son. 
became a human being, emptied himself, and then was so humble that he would die on a cross for us. Listen, I didn't know what else to do, but I took those promises. I took the promise that if I will yoke myself to Jesus and submit to him, I'll come to Jesus. I took the promise that he'll teach me the way of lowliness. I went to the scriptures that say, if you exalt yourself, you'll be humbled, but if you humble yourself, you'll be exalted. I don't know what to do with it. It's like having a bag of seed. Does it make sense? A lot of times, we want the quick fix. So Jesus says, here, here's a bag of seed. And we're like, what do you do with it? Do I eat it? Right? Like I was watching, I joke with my son about this all the time because I think it's hilarious. We're watching Wally, and uh, it was a couple weeks ago. But I think it's the funniest thing. And the guy, that big guy who's on the ship, he's learning about Earth, and he's like, who is he talking? I can't remember who he's talking to. And he said something like, "Look, look, when you we got to go to Earth, and look, you plant these things called seeds, and and stuff comes out of the ground like 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 pizza." <laughs> I think it's like the funniest thing. Pizza, you can grow pizza, you know. I that is funny. Okay. No, it takes a lot more work than that, right? You grow it and you got to you throw all the ingredients together. See, a lot of times we want like, oh, I go to church and I pray this prayer and bam, that's all it takes. You know, and praise God for instantaneous supernatural breakthroughs, but most of those are happening because you're reaping a harvest. Right? You don't just push a button and out comes breakthrough. You gotta sow it. So I take Philippians chapter 2 and I just sow it into my heart. I pray it. I read it over and over again. And listen, when it says, don't do anything in selfish ambition or vain conceit. Don't. That's not condemnation. That's the silliest thing in the world. That's its own spirit. You got that issue? There's another verse on that. That's called freedom right there. That's called Jesus telling you. That's him coaching you. No, no, don't do it that way. Don't do it that way. Do it this way. Put the needs of others first. Oh, I don't want to do that. He's telling me the way of freedom. But listen, I'm convinced. I'm convinced that God's grace enables you to obey what God's grace commands. See, I'm convinced that all the power of God is available to me in the Word. That if you plant the seed, it will grow. Remember, God said that in Isaiah 55. My Word, which comes forth from my mouth, will not return to me void. Right? Just need someone to plan it. And so I'm convinced as I just meditate, don't do anything with, with selfish ambition or vacancy. Do anything with selfish ambition or vacancy. God, show me, Lord. Show me, show me, show me, show me. Your word is a light into my path and a lamp into my feet. God, I need light. I don't even know what's my issue. I don't even know what my issue is. God, show me. I'm crying out to the Lord. I'm crying out to God. I'm meditating the word. This is the answer. This is, I have no idea, but this is the answer. 
There's darkness in my life. I can't see. What do you do? What do my kids do when I tell my son, hey, go outside, get that thing outside, you left it outside. It's like pitch black. You know what he does? He goes, he steals my flashlight. I bought them flashlights. What do they do? They still take my flashlight, right? (laughs) Actually, they're good now because they say, just put it back where it was. Uh, And my son runs and grabs a flashlight so he can see outside. The word is a light unto your path and a lamp unto your feet. What do you do when you don't know the way to walk? What do you do when you say, I don't know how to get free? What do you do when you say, like me, I don't even know what pride is. I don't even know what my issue is. I go to the word of God and I let the light shine on my heart. Don't do anything with selfish ambition or vacancy. Don't do anything with selfish ambition or vacancy. Don't do anything. God, what does that mean? God, what is selfish ambition? What is vain conceit? God, what's going on in my heart? And what happens is, you can do a word study if you want, but you don't need a word study. You need revelation. Word studies can help. But you need revelation. You need God to say, that's your issue. This is how it's working in your life. Then you say, God, give me the attitude of Christ. Give me the attitude. You promise these things in your word. You promise Jesus you teach me the way of lowliness. Teach me the way of lowliness. We go to the Beatitudes, right? Poor in spirit will inherit the earth. Cry out to God. You say, Lord, that's what I want. That's what I want. I'm telling you, if it's in the word, it's yours. I buy my son his own flashlight. Which flashlight does he take? Mine. You want to know why? Because they seem to think everything that's mine is theirs. That's childlike faith, amen? Listen, if you are a son or a daughter of God, the Bible says in Romans 8, you are an heir of Christ Jesus, an heir of God and a joint heir with Christ Jesus, says in Romans 8. Everything that belongs to God, he has given to you. If it's in the Word, it is yours. And listen, when you hear that somebody has gotten free from fear, or you hear that somebody has broken some strongholds of pride in their life, or you just see it, you just see it in their life, you just think, you think, and I don't know why. I don't know why Deb has joy. I don't know why she has joy. I just want joy. I want more joy in my life. You don't even have to know how she got it. But listen, if she's got it, it's yours. Because everything that God has done in someone else's life is yours because they got it from Him. You understand? Every testimony prophesies to you. Every testimony of breakthrough in someone else's life is a prophecy that it's for you. I'm telling you, I see it in someone else's life, I say, I want that. Dad, I like that, I want that. Oh, I've struggled with depression. I remember there was a season in my life, probably because of um, I probably didn't sleep enough, five hours a night for a long period of time, working real hard. And, but I think a lot of it was probably my own just striving, legalism, you know, that kind of a thing. I'm telling you. I mean, now I know because I've read some, you know, these studies and such. I think I depleted all my serotonin levels. I, I, I would sleep 
way too much. This is when I was a you know, young believer. I was just burnt out. Burnt out. Very little motivation. I was very discouraged. And uh, now I, I've read studies that say, hey, that's probably your serotonin level. But I'll tell you, it, what, it happens physically. You know, your diet affects you. Your sleep affects you. All this stuff affects you. We're a spirit, soul, and body. Sometimes things are physical or they manifest physically. But that wasn't the root issue. I, I, I didn't know. Does it make, I didn't know. All I know is I was depressed. And I began to cry out to God. Like I said, like I've told you, he who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Is that a promise? That's a promise, isn't it? We're going to cry out to God. We're going to stand on these things. Dealing with a lot of condemnation, feeling like a failure before God. So I turned to Ephesians chapter 1. I probably spent a whole, just that's all I did, read Ephesians 1. Just read Ephesians 1 all the time. Dude, what am I teaching you? I'm telling you how to plant seeds, right? Meditate it, study it, read it, pray it, sing it, find sermons on it. Whatever it takes, sow it into your heart. And I would just stay on Ephesians chapter 1. It says that he's chosen me in Christ before the creation of the world. That he loves me and he's accepted me in his beloved son. And I would just meditate on that and let God break those issues of shame or condemnation or fear of failure. But I, I'll tell you, I would listen to preaching when I was so discouraged and I didn't feel like God loved me. I didn't feel like I was the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Well, you know what? When you can't tell yourself that truth, what do you do? You find somebody else who believes it. Why? Because if they're preaching to you with faith, then they've got a harvest. You know, that's the only thing I can really feed you with, right? As a pastor, is to feed you with the harvest that comes from my own life. Personal breakthrough becomes corporate inheritance. If you'll take what I give you and sow it in your life, then you give the harvest that you have to other people. So I would listen to preaching, people telling me who I am in Christ, who preach the word, Romans, and man, I would just listen to these preaching on Song of Songs. It's awesome for marriage, but it's also an amazing picture of Christ's love for his church. And I would just saturate my heart in the revelation of God's love. I didn't believe it. <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if this is true. But I just listened to it over and over and again, and I tell God, God, I don't know. They seem to believe it. <laughs> you know, it's what the Bible says. So if that's what the Bible says, and they believe it, and they got a breakthrough, I'll just follow them. And there was a season, literally, there's a short season, but there was a season where I said, I'll follow them as they follow Christ. I'll follow those preachers as they follow Christ. And I'll trust that, because I believe the word, but I was trusting that just as they believe God and got a breakthrough, I could. Just listen to the word. Meditate Ephesians 1. See that stuff broken off. And I remember hearing a couple promises about joy. And I remember saying to, I don't know if I ever told Debbie, but I was like, Lord, I want some joy like Debbie. Because some of it I was depressed, but some of it I was just a little too serious. Even as I kind of got free from condemnation and I started feeling like, hey, God likes me. 
He likes me. This is good. I'm the righteousness of God. I started believing the word. I started feeling it. Once you start believing the word, your feelings will follow. Might take a little while, but... And your feelings will be off and on, right? You know what I'm saying? Feelings are kind of like Wi-Fi connections, you know? (laughs) Signal drops out. But that doesn't mean the Lord isn't with you. So you 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 can't walk by feelings, but as you trust God... Your feelings will follow your, your what you believe. And your thoughts will follow what you speak. But I'm telling you, you say, but my problem is a physical issue, Dave. My problem is a physical issue. Well, yeah, maybe. But it's, a, it's ultimately rooted in a spiritual issue. I'm telling you, you can heal your mind, your brain, I should say. The Bible says in Proverbs 4 that his word life to those who find it and health to all their flesh and the last time i checked that thing up here is fleshly right it's a brain it's squishy no okay it's it's flesh no everything everything has a spiritual root to it but you say but no no really it's just a physical thing okay last time i checked god is the creator and he knows everything about everything amen and you have access to all of his wisdom james chapter one another promise if anyone lacks wisdom let him ask of god god will give it to him whatever you need god will give it to you in fact a lot of times as i'm crying out to god and i'm standing on those promises i might also be doing research in other aspects right doesn't mean that we don't look for wisdom in some, you know, like natural medicine, for example, or some healthy ways to approach life, diet. Some of those things are really important, right? Some of those things the Bible actually tells us about if we'll search and find it. But a lot of times, we need God to heal those core root issues in us so that the other physical stuff actually will help. And we need His power to enable us, all right? So, a lot of what happened, even as I realized that I had like, I didn't know that I had depleted serotonin levels, but a lot of it was I would just go and spend time with God and rest in the Lord. And I, you know, need to get up and go work and all that too, but I would rest in the Lord. The Lord would, His presence would come and refresh me. And I would begin to take hold of these promises. Psalm 16, there's fullness of joy in your presence and eternal pleasures at your right hand. See, the problem is we put our faith in our feelings, and so we say, well, there's fullness of joy in His presence, so I'm not feeling it. We either question, like, whether the Word is true or not, right? Or we give in to a spirit of condemnation, like, oh, well, I guess, I'm not feeling joy in His presence. I come and I worship here on Sunday. Everybody looks like they're encountering God. I'm not encountering God. I don't know what's going on. So we start acting like there's something wrong with us. There's nothing wrong with you. Remember, I told you, if, if there's something in the Word that's not in me, the problem's not the Word. That doesn't mean there's anything wrong with me. I might be very good soil. We just need to plant some seeds in there. Right? You know that. I've told you that before. That if somebody, I lay my hands on you and you don't get physically healed, we don't walk around, you don't have enough faith. We don't talk like that around here. Why? How do you know if they don't have enough faith? Condemnation, right? Now, do they need faith? Yeah. But how do we know that they're not good soil? Right? 
Not, as everyth- not everything as, they see- as it seems. Just because you don't see fruit coming out of the ground doesn't mean it's not good soil. It just needs some seeds. Right? Even when I minister to people, I'm not looking at, well, is there fruit yet? I'm looking at if I plant some seeds in that, in that ground, will it grow something? That's what Jesus did, didn't he? He came to earth, he saw a bunch of soil, he cast some seeds. And he said some of it fell on good ground, some of it fell on rocky, some of it fell on thorny ground, some of it fell on hard ground, right? But how do you know? How do you know? You've got to plant it and water it, right? Well, we don't judge people, right? We're all in a journey. What am I telling you, though? You've got to plant it. You've got to do whatever it takes to get the word in your heart. So I would go to God with these promises of joy, fullness of joy in your presence, God. There's fullness of joy in your presence. And there's another one that I would hold on to. It says in Isaiah 56, 7, that I will make you joyful in the house of prayer. Obviously linking that some to prayer, right? And fullness of joy in His presence. I'm thinking, well, there's a strategy and a promise, right? See, it's like a treasure hunt. The answers that you need, the strategies that you need, the truth that you need, it's hiding in there. The Bible says it's the glory of God to hide a matter and the glory of kings to search it out. There's something about God. He likes to play hide and seek. Now, he makes it really easy. It's kind of like one of those Easter egg hunts you do with like a two-year-old. You know, you put the egg like right in the middle of the grass. And you're like, I wonder where it is. Honestly, that's how God is. That's how God is. He's like, I wonder where your freedom is. But it's right there. But you've got to believe him, amen? And you've got to go after it. And so I would take these verses, make me joyful in the house of prayer, fullness of joy, and I would just speak them back to God. I would stand on them. I'd declare them back to God. Listen to sermons on them. I remember a couple years later, even though depression had fallen off of me and discouragement had fallen off of me and I really had become confident in the Lord and at rest in His love, I still kind of felt like, man, I need some more joy, you know? I still felt kind of like, I just want to be like more joyful. And uh, I probably could still use some more. But uh, I just remember saying that to God. Like, God, I've been standing on these promises for like three years. And Lord, you've done some good stuff in my life. It's not, you know, I wasn't complaining, but I was like, God, I want that, <laughs> you know, I want that, come on. And uh, I remember there was like a season, there was like a series of like three or four weeks where in the midst of worship, God came and just spoke to me. It was like revelation after revelation, it was like key after key, it was like, here, unlock that door, unlock that door, but just in the midst of worship. I, st- I still remember one, one or two of the times was here, another one was at a church, I was at a conference, and just the Lord coming to me. And one time it was just, a lot of it was just him revealing like, David, everything you need is already in, the, you're already in the house. I think I was taking it, things too seriously. Like, dude, like I used to fast all the time. Fasting's good. But like, I don't know, after that I was like, dude, I don't know why I got to fast. I got everything already, you know? And then the Lord was like, okay, well, this is why you need to fast. Oh, okay, okay, so I do need to fast. But I just went through a season where God was like, David, stop praying like you don't have it. I'm your dad. And like I was in a worship service at this conference where people are a little bit crazy, you know, crazy charismatics. We love them. 
I love them. I want to be more like them. And uh, I was like, Lord, they're just, you know, they're just enjoying you, you know, or something like that. Uh, I wasn't dissing them. I was more like, oh, they're encountering God. And he's like, they're just enjoying me. Like he was basically telling me, lighten up, you know. So much freedom came to me. As I'm, t- I'm just saying, as I meditate these promises, God gives me insight, right? And some of it's just breaking these strongholds in my own life. Ephesians chapter 1, just seeing that God loves me and delights in me. And I remember even just a couple years ago, the Lord said to me, He said, you can enjoy life because I enjoy you. You can enjoy life. You can enjoy your, your house. You can enjoy your kids. You can enjoy your wife. You can enjoy the church. They're like, didn't you enjoy us? I like you guys. No, but the Lord was like, Let, just relax. Enjoy. And he's like, you can enjoy your work. I was like, really like, wow. But it was all just that revelation that like, you delight in me. You delight in me. And such freedom. See, I, I've given you keys, haven't I? Psalm 23. I didn't know. I hear I'm dealing with anxiety and God says, Psalm 23. I don't know. I'm struggling with a fear that people are going to reject me. I didn't label it as such. And the Lord comes to me and says, Psalm 27. I don't know. What did I do? You just go like this? That was cool, God. And then just go on with your day? No. Take it. And you say, that one's mine. That one's mine. And let, me, let, let, me, let me read this verse to you here. This is what you do. This is what you do. I think you catch the point. Here we go. Verse 19, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 19. 2 Peter chapter 1. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. What do you do? What do you do if you say, I like that, Dave brought up Matthew 11, I like that. What do you do when you say, oh, maybe I got an issue of fear, maybe I should meditate on Isaiah 54, what do you do? Or what if you say, I don't know what my issue is, I just, <laughs> I just need something, you know. What do you do? It says right there, you give yourself to the word. Notice what it says, you heed it like a light. Until the morning star rises and the day dawns in your heart. What do you do? You go after that promise. You meditate it. You pray it. You study it. You read it over and over and over again. And you give yourself to the word of God. Until what? Until you get that breakthrough. Until the light shines and you get the ah moment. You got to think like a farmer. Plant that seed and you water it and you don't let up. Because you know, listen, and this is where it comes, you know that you will reap. If you don't believe that light's going to shine, if you don't believe that God's going to reveal to you from the Scripture, if you don't believe that that ground, your own heart's going to yield a harvest from the Word, you're going to give up. Don't give up. So I want you to, What we've been teaching you is I want you to take the scriptures 
I, I love that you would read your Bible every day. Read your Bible every day. That's good. That doesn't mean you have to just necessarily read through a reading plan, although I like reading plans. I do that too. But like I said, maybe it's you listening to sermons. You know, there is a sermon that I listen to, I've listened to for like two years, over and over and over again. Just one. Over and over and over and over again. Maybe it's like, man, that one message on fear really helped me. Maybe you need to listen to it over and over and over and over. You can get them on the podcast, you can go get the CD, whatever it takes. Right? But maybe it's not just reading the Bible, but like I said, taking those scriptures and meditating them and praying them, and you do it until you get that breakthrough. Amen? If you need tomatoes, you've got to plant tomato seeds, right? So if you need a breakthrough in a certain area, you get those scriptures, and you plant them in the ground. You plant them in your heart. Amen? All right. Love you guys. Clint, lead us in response.